And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. This is the Thursday show. Are we going to do all over the place Thursday, Gary? How are you? Well, yeah, we may because there's just so many stories. One of those days when I woke up yesterday, you know, and and I'm sure you go through it too. You wake up and and I sleep twice a day. So this is probably like, oh, well, I woke up early. But by the time I just looked at my phone, uh, it was probably 1030. And I looked at it and went, show's done. Yeah. There's like like 10 stories out there immediately. It was just like, all right, this is getting to be uh, uh, easy. You know, we had talked yesterday and the day before that. Uh, uh, Pete Ducey is back from maternity leave, right? Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and we said, uh oh, uh, <laughs> the White House has to be scared. This happened yesterday. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business in anyway. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you? It's why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. And then he turns around and walks right away, just so you know, because that's why there's no follow up afterwards. Biden turns around and, and and you know, as we all know, that if you know you're innocent, mm-hmm. that you've done nothing wrong, you stay there and you argue. You stay with there him. all yeah. day. I would. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> It, Absolutely. If, I wouldn't I wouldn't flinch. Right. Because if the opposition, because what the opposition is saying is, you know, not only you've been involved in influence peddling, it's now leading to bribery. Right. And yeah. maybe money laundering. Yeah. And uh, maybe espionage. Mm-hmm. If I'm innocent. I'm standing at the podium until everybody knows that I'm innocent. I don't walk away. I don't turn my back. I've got to play this. This is uh, this is Jake Tapper. You can just tell they don't know where to go. He's got Elizabeth yeah. Warren on with yeah. him, and, and this is this is yeah. just this is just great because you know, well, uh, well, and, and Trump Republicans and, on the House Oversight Committee um, say that they have identified more than twenty million dollars in payments from foreign sources to the Biden family, including Hunter Biden and their business associates. So far, we haven't seen any direct evidence 
pointing to Joe Biden, President Biden, doing anything illegal. Uh, and I don't necessarily uh, know what's everything that's in this. But I do wonder on, on, on a broader level, the 30,000 uh, foot view of this, uh, people close to Donald, I mean, people close to Joe Biden or people close to Donald Trump, but I'm talking about Joe Biden, making tens of millions of dollars because of their closeness to him. All right. I want to make this clear. There is no evidence of that's the case with Trump. He no. threw that in, but there is no evidence. But this right. is, just to let you know where they are, mm -hmm. because they're <laughs> they're struggling with this big time. Here we go. That can't be something that you like. That can't be something that you're comfortable with um, as a phenomenon. Look, I, I always worry about the influence peddlers in Washington, regardless of party affiliation. One of the things, as you know, I've spent a lot of my time in Congress working on is how we bring just more ethics and more oversight in general to uh, everything that we do in government. Look at, we've got a United States Supreme Court. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Talk about anything else, right? Exactly. You know at that point because... Uh, and and you were telling me about a political article, and I was reading another article that was talking about uh, a Democrat coming out and saying, well, there's no evidence that the direct payments went to Joe. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. how far the narrative has gone now. In the, yeah. Because it doesn't it doesn't have to go to Joe. That's the whole point. Right. And, that, and, that's, and, and, and the fact that they would even say that and use that as a defense. When you look... So you're telling me everybody else in his family is guilty of taking money from foreign entities? Why? And why did they take it? Because that's and and everybody. I mean, that's the that's the blue whale pod in the living room that everybody knows. The American public <laughs> yeah. knows. Yes, they they know that. And the the media is trying to. Here's here's the thing that everyone knows where this is leading. And the media is pretending they have no idea where this is leading. Yeah. And everyone knows the polls show it. Right. And just reading here part of the uh, the New York Post editorial yesterday, the millions sure do add up when you're a Biden and not because you have any particular business school uh, skills. Newly revealed bank records show uh, Joe Biden's family and allies hauled in a jaw-dropping $20 million from foreign sources, some of who personally dined with the president himself in Washington Documents released by the House Oversight Committee will conf also confirm that Hunter Biden raked in a cool $1 million a year from the Ukrainian gas company Burisma starting when dad, oh, so coincidentally, took charge of the team's Ukrainian portfolio mm -hmm. in 2014. It shows that he, uh, a uh, Kazakhstan a businessman gave the first son $142,000 that year to buy a new car. Yeah. Yet another $3.5 million from a Russian billionaire. And Moscow's former first lady, uh, Yelena Batarina, went uh, to an entity controlled by Hunter and his business partner, as Archer's congressional deposition last month detailed. Other records show funding went to nine different members of the Biden clan. Why are all these foreigners paying so much to the Bidens? The president defenders, like the Washington Post Philip Bump, claim there's still no smoking gun proof of an outright bribe. And besides, the money went to Hunter, not the president himself. Please, yeah. if these money bags were dumping millions on the family just for a dinner with Joe, an extremely doubtful suggestion 
that in itself would be highly unethical. Public officials aren't supposed to sell their titles for personal gain or even the benefit of their relatives. Just imagine if the son of a sitting Republican vice president was getting a Porsche, tens of millions of dollars in cash, and even a pricey diamond, all for access to dad, and no, not just an illusion of access. Democrats and their media backers would lose their mind. Instead, they want Americans to ignore all the Biden shady deals and millions in transfers simply because no actual recording has yet emerged of the president accepting cash in a secret envelope in some dark parking garage somewhere. During Joe Biden's uh, vice presidency, Hunter Biden sold his father as the brand to reap millions from oligarchs in Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine, committee chairman James Comer charged yesterday. It appears no real services were provided other than access to the Biden network, including Joe Biden himself. That access came in the form, at the very least, meals at a D.C. eatery and phone calls with the very oligarchs who ponied up the cash. Oh, and as Comer noted, Joe Biden clearly knew about his son's business dealings and allowed himself to be the brand sold to enrich the Biden family while vice president. Yet the president and his team have been lying about his involvement and what he knew for years. The Biden Justice Department has worked overtime to bury any legitimate probe. Congress should at least subpoena Hunter, who's at the heart of all the corruption and who'd face perjury charges if he lied in a sworn testimony, if not Joe himself, demanding that the president demanding the president's bank records could also shed light on the extent to which the president personally benefited. The ever-growing evidence so far is enough to warrant at least uh, that much. And we know how it's changed in just the last sure. two weeks. That's sure. what we've talked about. Yeah. Daniel. Yeah. The, uh, the media likes to live in the bubble of today, and it's like, well, no, we need to live in the bubble of the last couple of years. Yeah, well, it's interesting because now I, I go back to find that Politico tweet, which was the link to the article that they did on all of this, because I, I, I saw it primarily because our friend at news, uh, over at uh, Newsbusters, Kevin Tober, responded to it, said, you people are hacks. <laughs> Just, that was the whole tweet. And and it was and, and what they were saying in the original tweet, and I say original because it's now been deleted. Oh, you're kidding. No, because I went to find it. I was like, why? I know I hit the like button on that. Why can't I find it in my likes? Well, they deleted it. Now, remember, it said, but there is no evidence of direct payment going to Joe Biden. Well, it doesn't have to be. Here's the replacement tweet. And again, with the link to the story. House Oversight Chair James Comer rolled out a new memo detailing foreign payments to Biden family members as a part of a sprawling investigation. That's the replacement tweet. (laughs) They got their butts handed to them. Someone came in and said, are you kidding me? Because here's what they responded. Uh, they put a comment in their own, you know, uh, 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 section on the, on, the, uh, on the replacement tweet. For the record, this replaces a deleted tweet that contained incorrect information about payments detailed in the memo. Wow. We've been asking this question. About where the liberal media goes with this as more surfaces. What do you do with it? 
Do you just completely ignore it? Well, if you're going to go in defense mode and say, well, yeah, but there's no evidence of a payment to, you know, and, and Jake Tapper letting Elizabeth Warren just go, yeah, but the, the Supreme Court. You run away. Yeah, you have to run away. Because there's it. no way to address it. There's no way to defend it. Because as as you've been saying from the beginning, uh, number one, it's not about Hunter. And number two, the payment, you don't have to show payment went directly to Joe Biden. No, did his family, did anyone close to him receive money in exchange for favors, any actions for any foreign entities? Yes or no? That's the question. And now they can't defend it. With this memo that, that coming out from Comer on Wednesday, even Polit- Politico had to take. That's not just backtracking. You had to jump off the defense boat. You had to get off that wagon completely. No, and, no, I, and I think that's it right there. That the the fact is, they felt that things are so bad because normally they would just keep that up there, and what would they care? They know right. that Republicans. There had to be something inside that said, look, we can't do this anymore. Right. We it's very we, obvious that, right. that we look like we're completely don't we completely don't know what we're doing. We don't even know what we're writing in our own articles when we tweet something like that. We haven't clear clearly haven't read the memo. That was more than just a, a typo. That was completely off base. It was incorrect as they said in their reply to the replacement tweet. They said, for the record, this replaces a deleted tweet that contained incorrect information about payments detailed in the memo. Now, that didn't work in favor of Biden because if their mistake, if they had to correct it and that correction worked in in favor of Biden, they would have gone through an entire thread explaining that. We discovered that not only is the memo blah, 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 but it shows that Biden did not even blah, 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 blah. You would see the entire thread play out that way. Instead, the replacement post there at X, formerly known as Twitter, was very tame. It could have come from, that could have come from uh, Newsmax or Fox News. Again, I'll read it, and, and it's the tweet that has the link to the story. House Oversight Chair James Comer rolled out a new memo detailing foreign payments to Biden family members as a part of a sprawling investigation. That was a direct tweet to, all right, just write it, write the story as to what the memo no, is you're claiming. Right. No, no, you're right. And, that's a, you're, you're, and step back from defending Joe Biden. Right. That was actually, that was actually uh, how journalism should be. Here's the memo from Comer. You know, right. This is the yep. allegation and th- this is the evidence from bank records right. that have been provided by James Comer because yep. nobody can come out and say, well, the bank records are false. Right. And, and, and right. you and I have said this all along the, and for a long time. The problem for this is, and you compare it to uh, the whole Russia collusion hoax with uh, with Trump. Hmm. And you and I covered that every single day. You and I remember, I mean, probably it's one of the moments, you know, I think, you know, I think of the the uh, you know, the top if, if 20 moments in my talk radio career. And that was when I remember when we came in on January 2nd of 2017 and looked at each other and on the air said, what's this whole thing that Trump colluded with the Russians? Right. 
Right. Where this and and you know that was the beginning, you know of it of it all. And we started questioning: Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Who's it? There's these allegations, but there's no evidence. Okay, there's this dossier. Who put together this dossier? What is this dossier? Right. You know, and remember, we went through everything. And remember the whole thing, and this sort of gets lost in it. Remember, the dossier was completely false. Who was one of them that was passing it on? Remember the late John McCain? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. that and yep. so, you know, that was even, you even had Republicans or, you know, McCain, who, you know, was not a fan of Trump, mm-hmm. you know, who was, you know, on board with this, uh, on board with this too. Right. Uh, and it was completely false, completely false, completely made up by the Hillary campaign. Uh, in order to set up Trump. And so we went through it constantly and said, where is the evidence? And there was always the allegation, the allegations there. And then the dossier came and we said, well, who put together the dossier? Right. Right. Who put this together? I mean, and and so there were always questions. There really aren't a lot of questions here. There are no No. questions because the evidence comes from Hunter Biden's laptop. So it's in his own words. And in his own emails, mm-hmm. bank and, records, and and in and in uh, Joe Biden's own emails and Joe Biden's own voicemail, right to to uh, to Hunter, and then you have the whistleblowers, mm-hmm. and then you have the bank records. Yeah. None of these are allegations by Republicans that you have to search for the evidence anywhere. Right. The, the, because right. when they make the allegation, they present the evidence that nobody is disputing. That's the problem that Joe Biden can't overcome. Exactly. We'll talk more. We'll talk more. No, we're going to shut up the rest Listen, of the show. It's going to be silence between now and uh, <laughs> 5 a.m. 866-90-RED-EYE. This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hotshot Secret, the country's number one fastest-growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control. But oftentimes, the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel cetane number. In most states, the minimum a cetane number can be is 40. Through years of testing, Hotshot Secret has found the average cetane number across the nation is between 42 to 45. And most modern engines are built in tune to operate best with a cetane number closer to 50. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep cetane numbers up, to keep the engine operating at its best while helping with fuel economy and DPF regeneration cycles. Add Hotshot Secret Everyday Diesel Treatment, a 6-in-1 fuel booster at every fill-up to keep cetane numbers in a premium range while also protecting your fuel system. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secret's Everyday Diesel Treatment at HotshotSecret.com. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. 
With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6. And help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He's our Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. More on what uh, Comer came out with uh, yesterday and what a uh, lifelong Democrat uh, thinks about it. We'll get to uh, that. Uh, Trump announces that he will not sign the GOP's 2024 nominee support pledge. DeSantis is signing it. And so you've got DeSantis and Ramaswamy. That's it right now. Well, here's the thing. So we have a debate. If you want to be, <laughs> if you believe you need to be on the debate stage, sign it. Because there's nothing holding you to it next summer. Right. Nothing. The GOP can eat it. Oh, well, I changed my mind. Sorry that happens. Yeah, no, I meant it when I gave you the pledge. So stupid. And just a great, great article written by a liberal yeah. about trigger warnings. Oh. Oh, this is, it's beautiful. Oh. Just beautiful. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, get protected today. Call 800-312-9970. Coast One Tax Group, protecting your bank, home, and your sleep since 2008. With hundreds of five-star reviews and an A-plus on the Better Business Bureau. Call Coast One Tax Group, 800 312 2-9970. Stanley from New York owed $93,000. The IRS placed a levy on his bank account. Coast One released the levy and settled with the IRS for $2,000. Mark in Michigan owed $225,000. After Coast One stepped in, Mark walked away paying less than $1,500. Call Coast One now. A 10-minute call can save you up to 93% on your back taxes. Get your fresh start today. That's 800-312-9970. One in four Americans today are living with a disability. I'm one of them. I care deeply about creating a world we can all fully participate in, free from stigma, misperceptions, and barriers. And we've got a trusted ally on our side, an organization we can rely on, Easter Seals. 
Rooted in communities nationwide, Easter Seals helps empower millions of people, regardless of age or disability, through its life-changing services and powerful advocacy. Today and every day, Easter Seals is leading the way to full equity, inclusion, and access to health care, employment, and education for people with disabilities, families, and communities. That's my Easter Seals. Make it yours. Learn more and get involved at EasterSeals.com. individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now, 800-785-9132. That's 800-785-9132. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-785-9132. Get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 using the promo code CPREDEYE. Motel 6 will leave the light on for truckers. The fourth branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. <laughs> good, good morning. I'm just, I'm laughing uh, as a, as we promised uh, we would have a, we would uh, let you know what a Democrat thinks. Of course, we're we're talking about Jonathan Turley, yeah, uh, the constitutional law professor, mm-hmm. uh, who, if if you just uh, read him, he does he really doesn't buy into the partisanship. Uh, he he is somebody who uh, uh, still follows the law. Yeah, you know, he, right. he's a law guy, not a yeah. not a partisan guy. Even though he has said he's a lifelong Democrat, mm-hmm. and the uh, column in, uh, that he wrote yesterday, Joe Biden absolutely benefited from Hunter's foreign business. Now, the first line is the one that got to me. Mm. Are you ready? All right. This week, Joe Biden responded to calls for greater access to the media with a blockbuster interview with the Weather Channel. Blockbuster. By the way, it was sarcasm. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't touch the the person interviewing you. Did you see oh, that? Yeah, yeah. Stephanie yeah. Abrams had some kind of I don't know what it was. It didn't matter. Joe just couldn't help himself. The interview immediately prompted critics to speculate that the president wanted to continue to talk about the weather. The same claim made after the disclosure of his participation in various dinners with his son's foreign associates. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm interested in the weather. I talked to all of Hunter's. See, that's why I'm doing an interview with the Weather Channel. Right. (laughs) 
As the number of these dinners, meetings, and outings increase, Joe Biden appears to have covered more meteorological subjects uh, than Al Roker. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is that conditions are worsening in Washington. This week, House Oversight uh, Committee Chairman James Comer released a third report on the ongoing investigations into the Biden uh, corruption scandal. The latest bank records indicate the Biden family has received more than $20 million. Some of the money provided Hunter Biden with extravagant toys uh, on April 22nd, 2014. Uh, Kazakh oligarch uh, wired $142,000 to the Rosemont Seneca bank account. That account then shows the exact same amount being wired to a New Jersey car uh, dealership for a Fisker sports car for Hunter. Finding the Fisker unsuitable, Hunter traded it in for a Porsche. Notably, these payments often coincide with dinners and meetings with Joe Biden. Russian oligarch Yelena Batarina, the widow of the ex-Moscow mayor, wired $3.5 million to Rosemont Seneca Thornton on February 14th, 2014. She later attended a dinner with Joe and Hunter Biden at the Washington, D.C. hotspot Cafe Milano. For weeks, Joe Biden's prior claims have been collapsing as his allies in the media and Congress struggle for an alternative spin on these new disclosures. The president's denials of any knowledge of his son's foreign dealings has finally been exposed as a lie. Even the Washington Post has acknowledged Biden lied when he insisted that Hunter never made any money in China. It was always a bold-faced falsehood and a confusing claim from a man who insisted that he had no knowledge of his son's foreign dealings. How would you know if he didn't make any money from China? (laughs) Uh, But the testimony of Associate Devin Archer and new bank records forced the paper and others to recognize this falsehood. There is also the confirmation that Biden's long denials that he attended key dinners uh, with uh, Hunter's business associates were also false. Most notably, the media are grudgingly admitting that Hunter was openly selling influence peddling and access to his father was part of what Archer called selling the brand. The final line of defense, as we have stated, we said that just the other day, the final line of defense is now that Hunter Biden was selling access to Joe Biden, but it was an illusion. The reason they claim is that there's no direct evidence uh, there's no evidence of direct payments to Joe and Jill Biden. There is, of course, nothing illusionary about tens of millions moving to Hunter and family members. But political spins are often built on illusions. The latest is that Joe Biden only benefits from these payments if they were directly deposited to his accounts. For a family that Hunter explained was the best at this type of dealing, it is absurd to expect a deposit slip from a corrupt Ukrainian official to the account of Joe and Jill Biden, one of the most vulnerable accounts in the world to review and monitoring. These claims, moreover, ignore emails discussing the hunter and his father's use of joint accounts to pay for expenses, including how one account was used to pay Joe's taxes. There is also Hunter's complaint 
that he was using half of his earnings to support his father. Indeed, one trusted FBI informant said that in planning a bribe, one foreign figure was told to avoid direct payments to Joe Biden. Today, that is as amateurish as an envelope of cash, and the Bidens have been in the business of influence peddling for decades. Responding to the new evidence, Washington Post columnist Phil Bump led the charge in asking, where's the bribe? In other words, as long as Hunter got the luxury car, Joe didn't benefit or receive a bribe. Uh, Notably, Bump did not have the same high standards when he pushed the false claim over a photo op in Lafayette Park and later refused to concede with the rest of the media on the lack of Russian collusion with Donald Trump. Not even millions to Biden's children and grandchildren seemed to satisfy Bump as an inducement for the then vice president. Yet the greatest illusion is the claim that Joe Biden would only be motivated by a direct payment to one of his accounts. Biden clearly benefited from millions going to the Biden family fund. Even grandchildren received some of the transfers funneled through a labyrinth of accounts. Joe Biden is 80 years old, despite holding only government jobs in his career. He is worth an estimated $8 million. Forbes reported he earned $17.3 million over the four years he was out of office. He will never spend his fortune. Any additional money would have to be passed on to his descendants. For most wealthy people in their final years, the challenge is not raising more money, but getting that money to your children without heavy taxes or delays. The money was going to his uh, BFF. That is a benefit and probably of greater value to a man of Joe Biden's age and wealth. None of this has stopped politicians, press, and pundits from insisting that absent a direct payment to the president account, there is no corruption or crime. After all, $20 $20 million going to the president's family is like complaining about the weather in Washington. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, but the thing is, is that the media can only, and the left can only, we saw it with Politico, when the more of these big, 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 big pieces of evidence reach the surface, the more you're really helpless to do anything but either stand back and ignore it or to report it for what it is and look at it for what it is. Elizabeth Warren on with Jake Tapper didn't say, Joe Biden is innocent and we need to stop this. She said, the the Supreme Court, I mean, it was lame. But but think about who she's been politically. When has she ever been afraid to be an attack dog? Never. Never. Except when you're talking about this massive, heaping, steaming pile of evidence that grows by the second against Joe Biden and his his family. You can't, you know, the left, well, I mean... That's inevitably going to be their next play, right? Well, there's corruption everywhere. Ah, corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. They're all corrupt. Everybody knows they're corrupt. But is he doing a good job? 
<laughs> I mean, no, no, that that will be that will be the next. You know, as as Turley said, well, the final position is Hunter did no that uh, Joe Joe didn't. Uh, there was nothing deposited to his direct account. There's no right. evidence of that. Yeah, uh, you know, as of as as of yet, and that's going so far because just two and a half weeks ago it was. Biden knew nothing yeah. about his son's business activities at all, had never discussed it at any time, was not at dinners, you know, you know, all all this stuff. And we all knew that was and a lie. said that for well over two years. Yeah. And we knew that was a lie. Yeah. We, we've known and the media has known that's been a lie for the longest time because right. of what? Hunter's laptop. Right. You don't hear that anymore either. You don't hear anybody saying Hunter's laptop uh, uh, was, uh, was, uh, uh you know, got hacked by the Russians, and the Russians put in all that stuff. Well, I was waiting to hear, well, it could be another Hunter Biden. <laughs> I really was. Okay, yeah, it belonged to a Hunter Biden. We don't know if it's the Hunter Biden. You know, I haven't seen any clips from The View. Maybe Kevin Tober's seen that on The View, because I'm not watching it. I'm not gonna, I'm not about to do that job. But, but maybe somebody on The View tried that. Somewhere along the way, you know, we need to we need to discuss uh, the letter B. Yeah, the president took bribes, yeah. but Bidenomics is working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's look at the important stuff. Bidenomics. Well, the problem that the media is having now, and even the Democrats, is uh, you know they played cover for all this influence peddling. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, they're the ones that have continued to. Uh, ignore it and cover even right now to the point where, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not a bribe. You know, it, for example, if if I if I take a bribe, but I give all the money to my family, well, then that's not a bribe because a bribe is only when I benefit myself with the direct cash. Well, of course, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that's now the fallback position. Right. Yep, because they're not saying yesterday they, they they weren't saying yesterday that well yeah it was influence peddling but there's nothing wrong with it. They were clearly clearly saying there's something wrong with it, and implying by not talking about it that it was influence peddling. Their argument was Biden. There's no direct money into Biden's personal account that has been proven as at at this particular point. So what they're implying is the fallback position is, yeah, he took a bribe, but it's not a bribe if his family benefited and he didn't. Right. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. And you know it. Then the joint account with the taxes and the home improvements and things like that. Yeah. I mean, they weren't saying, well, Donald Trump Jr. had uh, a meeting at Trump Tower, but. Donald Trump didn't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. I like that comparison. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. You know, it, it, this, but this is how insane it's gotten. And it's also how big it's gotten based on real evidence. As you mentioned, these are documents, official documents. It's Hunter's laptop. It's bank documents. It's insiders that were working on these cases who are now whistleblowers. It's the FD-1023 that for a few seconds at the FBI, according to the FBI director, didn't even exist. Oh, we've seen it. Oh, wait, that FD-1023? Yeah, it exists. It's all of these things. Think about during the Russian hoax. What did you see? Who, Who of anybody doing the work? 
did you hear from? Nobody. You didn't even learn who Sussman was for two or three years. I mean, all the players in it, nobody was hearing from. No one. They were making it up as they went along. It was a Clinton machine. Nothing more, nothing less. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Shortnight Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary Magmer. Just looking at this headline here, Bernie Sanders funneled 200000 in campaign cash to wife and stepson's nonprofit institute, hmm. which appears to do very little work and pay six figures worth of compensation to her son, Fox News Digital has found. That almost sounds like the definition of greed. I'd say so. We'll get to that story coming okay. up. I just, you know, all right. we're always on, we're always very sensitive and on the lookout for any signs of greed from a politician. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Was the son an addict? Did he have uh, <laughs> any issues going on there? Or, I mean, just trying to find similarities. There seems to be maybe a pattern. I, I don't know. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right. I just, this this thing here that I'm, I'm going to bring up has nothing to do with anything Really current event-wise, but when I saw it, it was Real Clear Politics had uh, this uh, op-ed piece uh, by a woman uh, by the name of, uh, she writes for The Atlantic, uh, Jill uh, Filipovic. Hmm. And uh, this is, when I read it, I just burst out laughing, saying to myself, this is where liberalism takes you. And she actually has a, 
a column that says, I was wrong about trigger warnings. And she talks about how she worked for a feminist publication back in 2008 when she started getting feedback, you know, that, you know, she should have trigger warnings. Yeah, And she said uh, commentators began requesting warnings at the top of post discussing distressing topics, most commonly sexual assault. Mm. And she said, back then I was convinced that such warnings were sometimes necessary to convey the seriousness of the topics at hand. Even though, even so, I chafed at the demands to add ever more trigger warnings, especially when the headline made clear what the post was about. But warnings were becoming the norm in online feminist spaces and four words at the top of a post, trigger warning sexual assault, seemed uh, like an easy accommodation to make for the sake of our community's well-being. We thought we were making the world just a little bit better. It didn't occur to me until much later that we might have been part of the problem. The warnings quickly multiplied. When I wrote a piece uh, of, when I wrote that a piece of conservative legislation was so awful that it made me want to throw up, Mm. One reader asked for an eating disorder trigger warning. <laughs> when I posted a link to a funny BuzzFeed photo compilation, another reader said it needed a trigger warning because the pictures of cats attacking dogs look like domestic violence. Sometimes I rolled my eyes. Sometimes I responded telling people to get a grip. (laughs) Still, I told myself that the general principle, uh, warning people before presenting material that might upset them, was a good one. And then she just continues, you know, to go on and on that by 2013, uh, Slate declared it the year of the trigger warning. Yeah. Oh. Now, there are things in the media... Uh, like there are shots from, you know, the, the videos that come from security cameras that show very violent acts between humans and, and, and those things likely should have some kind of warning. Give you a heads up. Hey, you're going to, you're about to see something real. It's not edited or whatever. But when you get into the, the weeds on anything and everything essentially could be a trigger for any given person. Well, there's really no way to cover your bases on that. There just isn't. Everything everything you post, you should say, uh, this may or may not trigger something or someone. So trigger warnings were only uh, one part of a larger shift. Complaints quickly entered the wider culture mm. and were applied to toxic workplaces, problematic colleagues, students decried the potential trauma caused by ideas and objected to the presence of some speakers and works of art. You know, that reminds me of a story. Uh, well, uh, did I save it from yesterday? That said that asking people to come back to work if they've been at home from COVID is racist. Yeah, right. We the- kind of heard this a, a year or so ago. But it, it's it's resurfacing. Yeah. And and it's racist. Why? Hmm. 
Because if you come back to work, racism could happen to you. It might not. But the possibility of dealing with oh, other okay. human beings. Yeah, th- yeah, this is a different approach on right. the same thing. This okay, is the, yeah, yeah, this, right, yeah. This, they, they've advanced the approach mm-hmm. that yeah. there may be no racism in anything at work, but there is always a possibility if you're dealing with people of more racism, therefore asking people to come back. to. So I thought that was an interesting trigger warning. There may be racism because when people get together, Okay, and they communicate with each other. A racist thought is a possibility that could come out of it all. Well, okay. <laughs> so, what would be the remedy here? <laughs> Think about the possible remedy. No communication between anybody of different races. So, what you would want to do is separate. <laughs> separate people by their skin color yes everything should be separated segregation in work in the workplace yes complete well complete segregation in the workplace which isn't racist at all right (laughs) right and and all of society that would be the solution to the possibility of Uh, racism happening yeah is to make if you want to get rid of racism have a racist society exactly (laughs) And that's where the that's where the insanity comes in with the left. <laughs> I'm just you and I are just trying to keep up with the rule book, you know, of, of, of how things are supposed to work. We don't I don't know. I I don't know. I can't tell you. Did you hear we, about don't, the, we don't write the rule. <laughs> I think did we talk about it off the air yesterday that that teacher in the ex teacher in Mesquite, Texas. That was fired. Hmm. She was fired. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, it was off the air. I don't think we talked about it on. The yeah, air. she was. She was fired. <laughs> she was fired for basically making. She's black, but making racist comments, like her sister or brother, or whatever, was dating mm. somebody who's white, and she actually said, "I like being a racist." <laughs> it was like absolutely blunt. Well, she owned it. <laughs> I know. I was. I actually said she's owning it. I enjoy being a racist. I think what's the comment? Well, you don't have to. I, I guess you don't. There's nothing else to talk about there, right? When you say, oh, yeah, I'm a racist and I'm proud of it. I don't know where the discussion goes after that. <laughs> no, it's, it's you sort of there is nothing to discuss anymore. No, is there? No, there isn't. Here it is. Uh, teacher loses job after complaining sister was dating white man. She said, quote, I enjoy being a racist. A Texas elementary school teacher wow. is out of a job after she posted racist statements on social media that, inclu- concluded, that included complaints about her sister dating a white man. According to the school system and reports, the Mesquite Independent School District said in a statement on Tuesday, the teacher who is black was no longer with the school after officials became aware of the alarming racist posts. She wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter. Hmm. As uh, of this morning, the employee is no longer part of the Mesquite ISD organization and is not eligible for rehire, the school system said in a statement, uh, adding officials can't say more because it is a personal matter. Nevertheless, the highly offensive statements posted to her 
X account, I, I'm never going to get used to saying X. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, do not reflect the values and standards of Mesquite ISD. And the district condemns them in the strongest terms. A teacher wrote that she was upset with her sister dating a white man and joked that she asked her boyfriend to kill him, according to posts reviewed by the Dallas Morning News. She reportedly wrote in one post, I enjoy being a racist. I'm never changing. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I thought about that. You know, I, I feel that I'm superior to everyone else. Mm. Yeah, all right. But but not necessarily because of my race. No. I am I'm just superior because of I I'm superior in my autonomous way <laughs> because of your age. <laughs> because <laughs> That's ageist. <laughs> Damn right it is. <laughs> but uh, when I read that yesterday, I probably laughed for about 15 minutes. Yeah. It's like, and I thought the same thing that you, we just had a quick discussion on it. Mm. But when you said, oh, okay, she owns it. Well, I well, mean, well, I, I don't, not much more. You guys, I, it's, it's not a, it's not a good thing, but I don't know where else to go with a discussion. She proudly owns it. She's proud of being a racist. Right. There, there are those individuals out there that I guess are proud of. Being a racist. <laughs> I don't have anything else to discuss. I, I just, uh, I don't, there's nowhere else to go. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say I give her credit because then I'll end up with the same criticism of DeSantis. <laughs> from, well, from I the, mean, from, I mean, you know, the, 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 the whole, the whole uh, benefit thing that was it, it, written in there, but it, yeah, it, it sounds like, <laughs> can you imagine a, a, a candidate for president? Well, many people have, and it's always many people, right? Many people, some people, there are those who call you a racist. Oh yeah. I'm a racist. I'm proud of being a racist. Well, well, well that's, well, that's explain that. Right. That, well, that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah. Is that she's not she's not doing the BS that you're getting from the left? Right. We're we're now anti-racism is racism, and racism is anti-racism. She's not playing into that game. She's saying, "Hey, I'm a racist." Right. I like being a racist. She I like says. I'm a racist, and I like being a racist. She's not throwing wow. in. She's not throwing in a lot of BS. Now I don't want to give her credit for that because she is a racist. And how do I know? Because she says she's a racist and I, she's happy being a racist. Yeah, it's that's there's nothing else. There, it's it, there's not a debate. There's it's not an accusation. She self identifies as she a racist. She self identifies. I identify as a racist. <laughs> I nowhere else to go. <laughs> and there's part of me that goes, "What's?" What's in her mind? Well, you know, what do I really enjoy in life? A beautiful sunset. Oh, yeah, a beautiful sunset. Oh, a fine wine. Watching my favorite sports on TV. Maybe golfing. And you know something else? I really enjoy the belief that I am superior to everyone else because of my genetics. I... 
you know? Well, because my, my, I guess I would have some questions, just curiosity. What do you do for fun? How do you take that? If you if you like, and she says it, I like being a racist. <laughs> right. What do you do on the weekends? <laughs> what? What? Oh. I mean, it, well, is she and, selling stuff on Etsy? And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I have. <laughs> and if so, what kind of stuff would that be? Well, I mean, I I don't want to use any term that that spin that would spin this in a positive way. But no, when, no, but, it's not but, a positive. But, but when, just a, a, but, you know, when, the, when the left is when the left is BSing, where they are the ones that believe in identity politics. Yeah, and they have changed the term the, so that they can be racist, and they call it anti-racism because they because they're BSing you. Here's a woman that comes out, and <laughs> she's an honest racist. Because we have, we've been dealing with dishonest racists. Yeah. They say they're not. They say they're the opposite of what they actually are. Here it is. Not only am I a racist, she says, I enjoy being a racist and I'm never changing. Well, I I just wonder, I just wonder how their Christmas will be and if the sister brings over her white boyfriend. (laughs) Right. They probably aren't going to be spending holidays together. Or oh, you show up just to listen. You go there. You... Oh, I'd want to show. I, <laughs> I'd, I'd want to be there. I, I'd, I'd like to learn more. <laughs> Give me a link to your Etsy page. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What are some... You probably wear a few T-shirts on the weekend. What do those T-shirts say? <laughs> I'm just curious. I mean, it's it's not a good thing. But someone who does not back down from it and, and owns it and admits it and says, in fact, they like it. Yeah. I'm not troubled by it. I have my bias because you've heard that in the past. I've had my biases, and yes, it's wrong, and I'm trying to improve my sight. No, I love this is great. I love being a racist. I'm never changing. What, what, you remember when Dennis Leary did the thing on smoking? I love smoking. Yeah, and I love smoking. Smoke, 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 smoke. <laughs> and everybody was just laughing because it's kind of ludicrous. Because you know, I mean, certainly we knew by then it's really horrible for you. But he didn't care. He loved it. Well, this is really horrible to be to have this mindset. But she's saying she likes it, and that's the curious part to me. I know. You get enjoyment from it. Wow, okay. So I guess the question is, what is worse for our society? Yeah. A dishonest racist or an honest racist? (laughs) I like to know, you and I like to know how people think. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but you do anyway. I mean, it's it's like you. it was easy to pick out identity politics as being racist. Then I, I don't want them hiding it. Wow. 86690-RED-EYE. Leased owner-operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth one, concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation. 
and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth two, more revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth three, all you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth four, you can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the bottom of uh, the hour, I want to get, you were just telling me about that um, that uh, story about uh, S&P. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to the, the, that about how they are going to be judging companies now. Right, right. And they're dropping something. Right. ESG. Yeah. That's not what you, you know, it's not made from your or, Chinese. Or, or preservative of any kind, no. No, it's uh, an insane policy that has no place right. in business, frankly. Environmental social governance is yep. what it stands right. for. And basically right. what it means is you are a woke company or a woke investment firm. Right, right. With every, everything that comes with wokeness, you would include in that. It's purely a political agenda. Yep. We'll get to that coming up. Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Harling. I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right. So uh, one note about that uh, teacher from uh, ex-teacher mm-hmm. from uh, Mesquite, Texas, who said I you know, basically was fired for her social media post where she said, I enjoy being a racist. Mm. And uh, made it clear she was upset that uh, her uh, sister uh, was dating a white man. Mm. She had taught there for like three years. Wow, it makes you wonder what <clears throat> what was said or yeah. done based on how she thinks. I know there has wow. to be there have to be some concerned parents out there. I would think yeah. so. I would think so. So that uh, other story you were telling me about uh, that. Uh, no longer will uh, S&P uh, Global 
yeah. will no longer publish ESG scores. Yeah, they're not going to hand out scores to corporate borrowers on ESG criteria. Uh, and a lot of, by the way, this is happening a lot on Wall Street. They're going, oh, wait a minute. Where's the pushback? Well, the pushback is that you're going you're gonna to start having, uh, like these companies that want to engage in ESG type policy and implement that into their overall mission statement as a company, you have a lot of people saying, I don't want to be a part of that as a customer. Yeah, remember, what that basically means is you're far left. Yes. You're right. promoting you're, you're promoting far it, left causes. It when is you actually political virtue it, right. signaling at its highest if, right. in terms of business. Um, but uh, S&P Global has stopped handing out this from Financial Times. Uh, S&P Global has stopped handing out scores to corporate borrowers on ESG criteria at a time of rising questions about their utility and political attacks on such metrics. The debt rating agency has since 2021 published scores from one to five for a company's exposure to each element of environmental, social, and governance risks. Payments company Visa, for example, had received a two for E, environmental, and S, social, and a three for G, governance. First Energy, an Ohio utility that has been charged with corruption, received a four score for G. <laughs> See, this is what you get into, right? S&P's, well, now that is, by the way, a, a four score is is their second lowest grade. So that's it works backwards. Right. Right. Okay. So the it, the U-turn, <laughs> you guys are crushing it. The U-turn puts S&P at odds with debt rating rival Moody's, which still, I really have a problem with their name. They wake up every morning going, ah, no, no, just leave me alone, uh, which still rates ESG criteria on a one to five scale. S&P is influential, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they are, S&P Global is the parent company, uh, Standard and Poor, uh, you know, the stock market, you know, um, and, and all of that. You, when you look at where companies are, there has been virtue signaling going on through companies. We care about the environment. We're only using recyclable material. And that happens all the time. And, but the consumer can choose, right? We get to vote with our dollar. Hey, I like that about this company. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that product instead, even if it costs me a dollar more or whatever. But we vote with our dollar. But that's what's happening here, too, is that the exposure comes in and, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Uh, if you see a risk, it's a risk on the fundamentals, is right. it not? Right, yes. If you're assessing risk, yes. yes. if you're handing out rating scores, then you're doing that based on the fundamentals or you're not doing it at all. My, my credit, to do it personally, my credit worthiness and my credit rating is not based on the fact that I'm a conservative talk show host. Right. Now, 
because of my fiscal conservative principles, because of what I believe in not having a lot of debt Mm -hmm. and paying bills on time Mm -hmm. that some may view as conservative. Mm. (laughs) I'm not asking for anybody to pay off my debt. If somebody was, if, if I was saying that, a credit rating agency could say, well, why do you want somebody else to pay off your entire debt? That may, that may count against you. But uh, it's, it's simply this. Uh, it's, it's based on how I've used credit. It's your behavior. It's my behavior. That's it. You can say a lot of things, but it, unless you back it up with behavior, it doesn't mean anything. And, the, and that's what it comes down to, is that if, you would, if, you, if, if a company is uh, to uh, adopt any of these policies... You know, we'll go with environmental. Well, there's a uh, uh, an EV bus company that's filed for bankruptcy in recent days. And why is that? They can't make a profit. Well, environmentally, though, they should be killing it. Man, they get the top score, right? But, well, but the problem is, is that um, you and, and, and also, let's say there's, a, I don't know, a factory, a, a manufacturing uh, plant of something. They make widgets. And they're billowing black smoke into the air, tons of pollution. They're known for this. They're pouring chemicals into water. Uh, they're, you know, they're about to make a um, a movie about it. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, of course, you would look at that and say, well, they're a horrible steward of their community. And they're about to go under because lawmakers are going to come in. Regulators are going to come in. Locals are are going to come in. Everybody is going to shut them down because they're not doing things properly, and and that's what it comes down to. When you when you look at what ESG is, it is this. It really is this virtue signaling showcase that you could take. You know, it, I I don't know what if these companies wanted to take around their ESG scores from S and P and show them off. Put them in. Do you do that? Is there a parade? I don't know how it works. But the fact of the matter is, is that the fundamentals do mean something. And it does include certain things. Um, You know, you you've got to if you're going to sell your goods, you got to have a great product or service. Uh, You're you're going to have to make sure that you're uh, if you're a publicly traded company uh, by law, your your books are pretty much going to be open. Um, but you're going to have to have transparency. You're going to have to do the right things. You can't in in 2023. You can't run a business, um, you know, and and expect not to be judged in, well, on many different levels. What was you know we 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 talk about uh, mission <laughs> mission creep. <laughs> yeah, and and when you look, for example, you know, we just did the 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 story of the liberal writer uh, who talked about trigger warnings how it was done for this, and then eventually it became completely insane about what trigger warnings, you know, they people want, you know, the, the feminist wanted in the articles that she wrote. The same here. Now, what they're saying is the ESG scores were published along with the credit ratings. So the credit ratings, you know, would be there, which would be on the fundamentals and the yeah. ESG scores next to it. Your first question would be, and investors are confused, why are you putting this in there and how does this relate to the credit exactly. rating? Exactly. And, and so... If you if you I think the next step would have been, okay, you're separating it. It needs to be put in part of the actual credit rating. And at that point, if you went to that point, which I believe the left would, you're talking fraud. 
Yes, you're getting, because you're, you're getting signaling the, something right. that makes it look attractive, right. right? It makes it look attractive, but it isn't necessarily attractive. Right. And and I don't think the, the credit rating agency should be involved in that. If a company wishes to be woke... They can sit there and say, "Okay, here are our yeah. fun- here are our fundamentals." The company themselves yes. can promote. Yes. Look, we're this, right? And, you know, we're Bud Light, and yep. here's what we believe, and right. then and then you deal with the consequences from the public. But the credit rating agencies should have nothing to do with that because that's what I view it as. Well, wait a minute, you know, and, and like we've talked about so many things, like uh, you know, what will change? What will change the the uh, the mutilation of children? Right. Uh, in the whole radical transgender movement lawsuits and the same thing here. I think they looked at this and the pressure's on. Well, you're separating the two right. and ESG should yeah. be part. Don't make it separate from the credit rating. I can guarantee the pressure was on. No, ESG needs to be uh, implemented within the credit rating. The credit rating should include it. It shouldn't be separate. Well, at that point, that's fraudulent. Well, that's I mean, wouldn't the, wouldn't, the, wouldn't the SEC be all over that? Well, or shouldn't they be all over it? Here's here's what S&P actually said, and here's a quote. Uh, quote, we have determined that the dedicated analytical narrative paragraphs in our credit ratings reports are most effective at providing details and transparency on ESG credit factors uh, material to our ratings uh, a- a- analysis. And so, huh? well... I I think what they're trying to say is kind of what I was saying. Look, we may come up and say, uh, if they're not playing the whole environmental game, this could be bad for them. Well, if they're breaking the environmental law, that well, could that yes. Right. But I mean, on the agenda part of it, and and you you could say, uh, you know, governance. Okay, yeah, no, if they're cooking the books or uh, engaging suspected of engaging in fraud uh, that's going to that's going to put them at great risk their risky investment um and and their credit uh rating is going to be affected by that that kind of behavior but if you're if you're going to you know just uh, again score this as something that looks attractive but doesn't really spell out fundamentally why it is attractive, then you're not doing, you're doing a disservice. It's fraudulent. Yeah, right. And I, and that's where they'd want to get eventually. Mm-hmm. You don't want to separate them. You want them together. You want that to be part of the credit score. Right. And at that point, complete confusion comes in. Look, we've seen the liberal unions that get upset when oil companies, when the wokeness comes into oil companies, well, we're going to focus down more on this, and they scream, what are you talking about? These are our pensions here that we're talking about. You should be worried about giving us a return on our investment. Yeah. Well, and, you know, uh, you have a lot of liberals that are saying, well, this, this, come, this is really about Republicans attacking the whole ESG thing. Because you've had uh, a number of attorneys general, by the way, who announced that they were investigating, they were looking into uh, these state uh, attorneys general right. uh, that are looking into this practice because they're likely concerned uh, about 
ultimately what how it displays someone's credit uh, rating or, or affects the credit rating, what you're saying about it. Because if you're going to be in the rating uh, credit rating business and they're at the top, then you're going to have to do it. It's going it, to it's going to have to be a transparent process where you look at it and say, we believe based on our standards and these elements are or or behaviors or um, uh, the culture of the company or whatever it might be. These are all affecting this score and this has this much weight in the score. This part of it has this much weight in the score. And ultimately, that's how we came to this conclusion then you're being transparent about your process. Right. They're, the concern is because of the investor confusion, which is why they changed, mm-hmm. is because the investor believes there is not transparency coming from the credit rating service. Right. They're not getting full transparency. Right. That's why it's changing. Right. Because, again, it's not. it doesn't really tell you about the fundamentals right. of a company. Eight six six ninety red eye We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE uh, if you want to get in. So the, that's actually a big story. Yeah, because, I, because, I, because I, I, I think it starts to separate, you know, if you wanted to have a, I don't know, a separate ESG ratings company, that's one thing. But when you talk about a credit ratings company, organization, then you're going to have to spell out, the, again, the fundamentals of any company and why you've assigned that credit rating to that company. And it may be things that are environmental or whatever, that that where you say, this puts them at risk for this, but you need to spell that out. Right. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. All right. I got another chuckle at this story. Okay. Over the last couple of days, we haven't, we haven't brought it up because it's more of the Hollywood stuff, but but it, it does have, uh, it, it does have uh, this, uh, this story overall has had moments of extreme wokeness, and it's mm. the uh, <laughs> the story 
that the singer Lizzo is facing new allegations from at least six more accusers amid the harassment lawsuit. And the one thing where I nearly spit off my spit up my coffee the other day mm-hmm. where it said Lizzo fat shamed her dancers. How dare you? That's like me attempting to ugly shame someone else. Yeah. Or age shame. <laughs> or age shame. <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. <laughs> you should be younger. <laughs> no, you know. What I don't it even is. know. I don't no, you know what it is. For Go me. lose some years. What? No, you? I told you what it is for me. What? I've 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 got caught doing it, and it's come back and bit me. Yeah, what's be that? on the golf course and I'm like you know playing with a couple people. I'm like, I wish these old codgers would move faster. Yeah, come on, you know. No, I did that to myself the other and, day and. Well, then they then they start talking, and I find out yeah. they're like ten years younger than I am. Oh, oh. yeah, that's, I, when the, uh, that's where the age shaming comes back and hits you squarely right in well, the nose. I, you know, the other day I was like this old guy, and he was walking up to my truck, and I'm like, oh man, I, you know, I, I hope I can. He looks like he needs help. I hope I can help him some way. But he's approaching my truck, and I'm like, oh, he's reaching for the door. Oh, that's me. That's a reflection. Oh. <laughs> the, uh, Never mind. What what I find interesting is really it was, and it's really just been something in the last uh, really year where it's really came to the forefront mm-hmm. where Lizzo, who is an extremely large person, let's be, let's yes. be very blunt. Yes. She's extremely, extremely large and wears very scantily clad outfits. Yeah. And well, and she's one of those people that says, I wear a size three. Yeah. <laughs> Which technically she does. <laughs> yeah, technically she does. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm thinking of Al Bundy in the shoe store right now. <laughs> uh but but uh and and the effort on the left to promote the fact that she doing so is the most gorgeous thing that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And and so the left has embraced the daylights out of her. And I was reading John Nolte's column in uh, in uh, Breitbart where he talks about the Daily Beast. He goes, the, uh, the, le- the this week's Daily Beast headline, Lizzo was never as progressive as we wanted her to be. It's uh-huh. like... Oh, okay. We wanted her to be? We wanted her to be. Hmm. You mean how you were portraying her? Yeah. You know, they create, well, what they do, but this is it. They create this false sense of this or image of this person, of who they are. That was all media create. I'm not saying Lisa wasn't a part of that. She embraced it completely. Mm-hmm. But the left was, and and the left media, was putting that whole thing together. And then she apparently asked some of her dancers to lose a little weight. All of a sudden, she's guilty of what the left is pointing to everybody else who is criticizing her for 
wearing skimpy outfits on stage of, of doing the fat shaming thing. Well, well, not well. It got. It's not that you know you shouldn't fat shame. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you must admit. Oh, that that, that right. Yeah. That you have that to embrace it. That yes. she is gorgeous. Right. For I mean, and so that's that's where it got to that point. So the fact that the accusation that she was fat shaming her dancers is just, it's just I'm sorry. There is a tremendous irony, ironic humor in that. Well, I've always said, and I might be the only one that has ever said it, that beauty is in the eye of the liar. Well, look, I, as I've said many times before, uh, I, I, lived, I lived on the beach for three years in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, across the board. You, we, had a, you had a house, to be clear. You, you spent I, a lot of time on the beach. Right. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. my house. You had shelter. You did. Yeah, have I had felt shelter, but my house was really <laughs> on the beach. So, uh, and, <laughs> and this is a generalized statement. Um, you know, I, I know that Seinfeld said they said roughly 12% of the population is dateable. That's a, that's a high number. <laughs> that's what came out. Uh, I I was advocating in the 80s, even as a much younger man living on the beach, that people were at that time talking about women need to go topless on the beach. And I was advocating no men need to put tops on. We are not an attractive species. And I will include myself in that. Now, that being said, for the sake of humor, um, you know, I... I don't care. Would you you are you are what you are, but what goes along in the left with that, for example, Lizzo is gorgeous is the fact that there are they're trying to hide the fact of the health problems that come with being so big. Trying yeah. to and if you bring it up, then that in itself is fat shaming. And right. that's not fat shaming. Anybody who is as large as she is will have health problems. The human body was not made to be that big. No. That's just the reality of it. As for aesthetics, as you said, beauty is in the eye of the liar. I like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like so, but the the entire thing of the whole, if you didn't agree that she was gorgeous, you were fat shaming, and now that's what she's being accused of, is some pretty decent ironic humor. Well, you know, the left, you can't ever win with the left, because there is no appeasing children. And, you know, if you say, wow, this woman or person is beautiful how dare you judge her based on her looks and then with lizzo how dare you not judge her based on her, her looks, looks. <laughs> no that's a great point <laughs> i mean it's insane i who was it i forget who it was that said it oh steve martin when uh who was it? Uh, oh, uh, what's her name from Star Wars? Carrie Fisher? Oh, Carrie Fisher, yeah. When she passed away? 
and Steve Martin, I think, made the comment. Oh, yeah. The first time I met her and how gorgeous. And he was eviscerated on social media. Yeah, I remember that. How dare you judge her based on her looks? And then if you post something like, I really like Lizzo's music and leave it there. How dare you not judge her based on her looks? And and it's it, it really is, you know, it, it's childlike behavior. It is, and not the good kind of childlike behavior. The left are a bunch of children. And, you know, there's there's the right there, Daily Beast, right there. That that sums it up. Well, I love She's it. not as progressive as we wanted her to be. What the hell does that mean? I, I like because uh, they he talks about the Daily Beast headline. Uh, Lizzo was never as progressive as we wanted her to be. Okay. And then he goes through talking about, you know, what they wrote. The truth is albums like Special, Lizzo's most recent project released last year, are not at all progressive, at least no more uh, than saying, yes, Queen, or dressing up as Ruth Bader Ginsburg for Halloween. In fact, there's often a neutrality and safeness to them that is at best politically agnostic and at worst regressive. Boy, you and I are a little bit different with music. That guitar lick was really good, and the lyrics, uh, I could relate to them. Yeah. Uh, Lizzo's work can be described as progressive core. Music that treats progressive progressivism less as a set of values and more like a mood board, an aesthetic you can wear like a flower crown at Coachella. Many of the songs on special evoke a disco pop of the late 70s, music created and championed by the queer black vanguard. It's a social culture that was celebrated for being lush, extravagant, and most importantly, radical. However, in true progressive core fashion, Lizzo not only refuses to add a contemporary bent to this sound, but uh, she often constricts it. Songs like Everybody's Gay take all the sounds of liberation from the strings to the four on the uh, floor drums with the Nile Rodgers indebted funk and flattens them, mixing and mastering them within an inch of their life as to be legible on Z100. <laughs> I mean, I, my God. And, and he just writes, Nolte, I'm not fluid in in Wotard, so things like progressive core go over my head. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um it, it's it's how they judge everything. You've got to be on board if you have any if you don't and, and think about this. Lizzo for some reason whatever reason I've never heard any of her music but some of her latest music isn't progressive enough i mean think about how where we've gone from she was a poster child and then all of a sudden wow yeah somebody's been watching fox news because she didn't i don't know carry the liberal banner in her music I just love where he puts the, the, the Daily Beast writer, the Nile Rodgers indebted funk. Oh. Uh, a guy I know, uh, Nile Rodgers produced his album. Mm-hmm. Gordon Depp and the Spoons from uh, from Canada 
that Gordon is the he plays uh he plays uh with his own band the Spoons but he also plays with Flock of Seagulls he's a guitarist for Flock of Seagulls right great guy Arius and Symphonies I think is one of the best he was really big in Canada big in Europe not big in the states I think it was the best album that came out of the eighties I don't think Rogers did that album but he did the next album for him. So I just I gotta I gotta find out what Gordon thinks about Nile Rodgers indebted funk. Yeah, I mean, what does that even mean? I I I, I don't know. I know. <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, and and I'm thinking, oh, there was a there was I whenever I hear that there was a Christmas movie with James Rockford or James Rockford James Garner, uh, and they, they were getting. In, talk about music and i think he was listening to ella james and he was talking to this other woman about you know music and she's doing all this technical stuff and she goes well why do you like what you like he goes it sounds good <laughs> and that's really me i mean who gets into the, all this technical crap well the, to the left to they're the going to judge you on everything to the point of absurdity that's why right. i had to laugh the nile rogers indebted funk i don't even know what that means yeah I don't like know. you like you had to have you felt I don't know. You owed him that, or you owed you had to have you, funk to pass you, the you progressive it, core. You, I, you, yeah, you I, borrowed I, it from him. Therefore, you owe that part of your. <laughs> in, I. I don't know. I don't know. You know, they really. What's interesting is is that I go back to it. The left thought that they were controlling the conversation forever. They still control some. There are people out there that were very afraid to issue any dissent or even ask a question. That's dissent. And remember, silence is violence. But over the last few years, they've lost the complete clutch of the conversation that they thought they had forever. Social media, uh, all of it, you know, changing terminology and the mob mentality of forcing people into a corner to the extent that one of their own poster children that they champion for is now, ew. Yeah. Yeah. It just, that shows you that there was nothing in it to begin with. It's not real. You know, it's sort of the same kind of thing. You know, I, I you know, we we talk about, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the whole Biden thing, for example, you know, in the New York Times last week. Yeah. Oh, everybody knew he was involved in his son's business stuff. Right. It's like, right. Oh, we, we all knew it. It's like from complete support to throw him under the bus like that. You know that quickly, and, and I see the same. I see the same thing with with Lizzo here. Yeah, right. So, just amazing. Just no. It's but it's I, it's it really is, and and then they just move on. It's the whole bubble of today, and we really never brought it up much. I don't think on the show when you you know the whole you know Lizzo thing that when she would be on TV and then there'd be criticism. She's in such a you know she's in a size three, and you see lots of skin. And she's a huge person. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how gorgeous she is, how gorgeous she is, how gorgeous she is. And there was some pushback to that saying, stop it. Yeah. And if you didn't say she was gorgeous, 
you were fat shaming. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, where's your Lizzo poster? You you get to observe. I don't I don't when if I see somebody, I will say this. If I see somebody who is huge, what's my first thought? I hope they get it under control and lose some weight because they're going to have health problems. Yeah, I hope they're healthy. And and that would be called fat shaming. That actually is fat shaming to the left today mm-hmm. by saying that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's no research. Yeah, there's a ton of research that if you're that big. Yeah. You know, it's going to affect your health. That's right. my thoughts. Right. It's often an indication of poor health. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, both uh, Massachusetts and New York are crying, help, please, because of the migrant situation. And by the way, uh, the New York Post had a story. They they said it's an exclusive. It came up on my app. I'm trying to find it on their website, but they uh, posted it uh, just before the show went on the air, and and, uh, they say that a Biden administration representative is going to go talk with Mayor Adams on the whole, you know, migrant cost of $12 billion or mm-hmm. wherever it is now in New York. And you made the point, well, why not just use a phone call? Because you can say no over the phone. <laughs> but this has this is political grandstanding. Well, we're going to do something about it. You're not going to change anything. You know, there isn't, I don't know what the uh, administration thinks they can do administratively without Congress in terms of any any help for them. I don't know. Uh, they can, I guess they can move some money around. I don't know. We'll wait and see if there's any anything, any executive move coming from Biden on this for New York and other areas. But... It's not going to change because the border's not secure. again with our podcast available on our app and at redeyeradioshow.com it's red eye radio he's eric carly i'm gary mcnamara download our app today our red eye radio app listen when and where you want and thank you yeah uh yeah so uh massachusetts lieutenant governor kim driscoll asked state residents yesterday to open up their doors and assist housing migrants after the governor, Maura Healy, declared a state of emergency as the state is faced with a vast shortage of shelters. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, if you have an extra room, 
or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. Housing and shelter is our most pressing need and become a sponsor family. Mm -hmm. You saw the governor of Massachusetts say it's a state of emergency. Yeah. You have New York now saying it's going to cost at least $12 billion, which is three times the original estimate. Yeah. For the migrants coming in. And I said what I said to you, because you'd mentioned it, because I had said, well, Biden's sending a representative to talk to the mayor of New York City, Mayor Adams. It's like, well, they don't need to send anybody. That's that show. Okay, we're here to do something. Uh, how are you going to help them out? Is Is Congress going to... Are the Republicans in Congress going to say, yes, allocate $12 billion to New York City to take care of the migrants? No. And are they going to do it knowing that the president plans on keeping the border open? No. By the way, just want to remind people that the cost of the wall was estimated at the time it was being asked for uh, to be about $25 billion. Mm-hmm. So New York City alone is up to half of that. I mean, there is no hope that the border is going to be secure at least over the next few years. There's not going to be some reversal by the Biden administration. Oh, wait, we were wrong. That's not going to happen. So why in the world would you try and throw money? at? And as you see, everything has been dropped from the left. Every argument they were trying to make. Remember? Now, see, we live in the bubble of today. Well, so many do. We don't, and our listeners don't live in the bubble of today. But we remember, very recently, we're going to charge DeSantis with kidnapping and Abbott with kidnapping. You don't hear that much anymore, do you? Yeah. No, we uh, signed them. uh, We basically said, here's your agreement. Do you wish to go? Yes, we wish to go. One of the, I would say, one of the best moves to make Democrats understand what border cities have been going through for decades. This this has been going on for a long, long time, and Del Rio isn't anywhere close to New York City in terms of its size and capacity. No, no, not even close. And if they hadn't done this, there would be nobody, uh, nobody. In, in fact, still, the administration really doesn't really recognize that there's a problem in New York City or anywhere in the country. They just don't bring that up either. They don't bring anything up. Here's a question for you. After Biden walked away from Pete Ducey yesterday and everything is going on, is he ever going to do? Well, he did the Weather Channel. <laughs> Who's next? ESPN? ESPN maybe, too. Maybe Biden. <laughs> ESPN too. I like that. <laughs> next March. Yeah. Get ready for the Biden bracket. 
Yeah, right. Remember the Obama bracket? We'll do the Biden weather bracket. Remember how big it was, yeah, the, yeah. the brackets? Obama's doing out, his bracket. He's put out his bracket. Obama has put out his bracket. <laughs> oh. Every time I heard that, I thought he was building shelves. <laughs> and so uh, how can Biden do any type of interview unless it's this has guaranteed, it's got to be guaranteed to be fluff. Oh, now the one thing we did get, I'll, I'll find the audio cut here in a little bit. Mm, mm. You gave it to me, the audio cut mm. from uh, the Weather Channel interview where he said, it was up to me, I would have shut down uh, drilling on the East Coast, the West Coast, and the Gulf. It'd all be gone, but the courts wouldn't let me do it. Right. I'm still trying. We're still trying to push still it through. Trying to, yep. Well, thanks for being clear about that. Yeah. You know what I thought, too? When he said that, mm. his staff had to be going, shut yeah, stop talking. Why? That's perfect fodder for next year. Oh, for the election. Yeah. Trying to shut it all down. Yep, trying to shut it all down. If he See? had his way, he would shut it all down. For those who would step in and go, he never said he would he would shut it all down. He's just talking about, nope, nope, here it is. His own words. And we know what he wants by 2035, yeah. all renewable energy, which does not include, uh, I know they said it included back then, but shutting down uh, our competitive uh, you know, uh, uranium yeah. uh, resources here in the United States right. means we have to be dependent again on foreign countries to provide us if we're going to go nuke, but nobody wants nuke in their backyard. Nope, nope. And lithium even. I right. mean, and lithium, they, 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 want to, they want to shut you, down lithium. We, manufacturing, he wants to shut down. Yeah. And And energy production, anything related to energy production, even the stuff related to the mandates, that liberals are putting in place at state levels and at federal levels, his own administration. They don't care. We're not taking anything from the ground, Jack. You you see that when we, we look at uh, 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 credit card debt higher than ever before, mm. when you see the number of people, the story yesterday, the alarming rate of people emptying their 401ks yeah. right now. I mean, yeah. it's not... It's not a good situation, but can the president do any type of interview that isn't a softball fluff interview? No. No. He can't answer any questions. And when he turned around and walked away from Pete Ducey yesterday, I'm like, wow. Yeah. You uh, you know, he can't do it. I don't know what Corrine Jean-Pierre is, is going to do when she's back at the White House. I know she was doing some television interviews where – she still got blasted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they can't answer any questions at all. No, no, no. And so when you see this right now, you're, Massachusetts, the entire state is in a state of emergency because of Biden's open borders. New York, mayor screaming in New York. Yep, the citizens going crazy in that Democrat city. Biden. I don't care. He doesn't care. Nope. He doesn't care about what Massachusetts is going through. He doesn't care what New York is going through. Deal with it. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, do we expect Mayorkas to, to show up in New York City? It's not going to be Mayorkas showing up. If he does, if he were to show up and talk to Adams, the border is secure, Mayor. The border is secure. Yeah. 
with the arrogant look that he gave and, everybody when and yeah. during his multiple times on Capitol Hill and testimony. But the border's border's fine. There's nothing wrong. And and let us tell you how hard that you know we're 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 working every day. We're yes. putting the full effort. We're drowning here. Well, don't worry. I mean, we've got we've got the personnel on the way. Where? Well, they're about uh, three hours from here. I'm drowning right now. Well, we're uh, the plan for the future. We expect in the next 100 years that we'll have the situation under control. I mean, it's just the most bizarre thing you could possibly imagine. Everything. And I remember when he was only in office for about six months and Peggy Noonan wrote the the article that uh, everything seems broken. Nothing works from the Biden administration. Nothing works. And now nothing works. And the public believes it's corrupt. Yeah, that's the problem. Nothing works there. Work, and one of the reasons is I think people are now starting to realize independence. Look, and, and Democrats know it. They're not stupid. But the the difference between this and other administrations is this administration, Joe Biden's administration, caused the problems. Yeah. It's not, well, why can't this, it's not even why can't this government solve these problems? It's they don't wish to solve the problems. No. They created the problems. Mm. They don't view the problems that they created as a problem. They're upset that other people view it as a problem, and so those people must be misun—they must be misunderstanding, or the administration is not communicating effectively. Hmm. But the public, the majority of the public, understands. No, the government is creating the problem. We are paying somebody in everything that we do in life. We pay people to solve problems. Right now, we're paying the federal government to make our life harder, not easier. You're paying the government to make your life harder. Worth every penny, right? I guess so. I mean, I you look, uh, I see that there's a lot of dissatisfaction in Biden, but all the polls are close. And it doesn't matter whether it's Trump or DeSantis or anybody else. Biden still gets the support. People, there's a there's millions of people that believe that Joe Biden is working against their best interest, and we'll still vote for him anyway, as of the poll show right now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, things aren't going to change. It's like we said. San Francisco is imploding. Portland is imploding. Are they about to elect a conservative or a group of conservatives to run those cities? No. That's not going to happen in our lifetime. And then, you know, we, we talk about everything else. And then the, the the stuff that you hear, which is just horrifying, the, the one uh, Gold Star mother the other day mm. talking about Biden came up to her and is talking like his son fought and died in the war. Right. And so he understands exactly what she went through. And she's like, he got to be with his son when he died. He didn't die like my son died. I didn't get right. to be with my son. Right. How dare he does. He doesn't he doesn't give a damn about anybody. No. No, he's and, and full that, on that's, delusional. That's that's how that's how. Now you may say, "Well, you don't know." That's I can only go by how he acts. I cannot get into his mind. Nope. But how he acts is, I don't give a damn. It's all about me. He's told that lie, by the way, about his son, repeated, repeatedly, over and over again. And you saw her; she was crying about it. Yeah, she was so 
angry when he came up to her and said that to her. And the gold star or the gold star parents the other day, that was heartbreaking to watch that. As they all said, he lied. He lied to the country about all of this and it could have been prevented. He doesn't care. And then he and then he turns around and lies to the families of the right. fallen. Yeah. The imagery is the imagery from Afghanistan is ask a tough question, I'm turning my back and I'm walking That's away right. from you. Yep. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. And you also saw... I've got to find the audio cut the other day. I think it was from a council person uh, in D.C. where they were talking about the National Guard, wanting mm. the National Guard in because crime is so is so problematic. I've got to find the audio from the other day because you would have thought it was a conservative Republican talking. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like all these things that we talk about, every, every single problem that we face today, every major problem that we face today, is because government caused it. Yep. And we knew we knew there what the conclusion was. We told you what the conclusion was. And as we always say if the two idiots overnight can figure it out, it's not that hard, but it's what the public voted for and what the public may still continue to vote for. Yeah. And and that's it. Uh we're here by choice. Everything right now that is in play is by choice. All of it. Yeah, here it is. Uh, I have a very quick, it's very quick here, very quick. Here we go. Here we go. I have spoken with the D.C. National Guard. And while I have to have more conversations with the chief police, which I have today, and the mayor and my colleagues, we have a long way to get there. We just know that police alone is not getting it done. That we need the National Guard. Mm. And uh, this was uh, is written here after the D.C. Council spent years pushing pro-criminal, anti-police policies. Democratic D.C. Councilman Trayon White calls on the National Guard to help address the violent crime in the nation's capital. So they need more police. Yeah. Not wow. just police, soldiers. Wow. Nobody's asking for social workers, so in Washington. Uh, I haven't heard that yeah. they are. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Well, looking at some of the photos and video from Maui. Oh. Man, that's just 
horror. It, it just looks like something from a horror movie. Yeah, the wildfires they've had there. Yeah. Um, and they had the hur- was it Hurricane Dora? Right. You know, whipping up the winds, and it's just mm-hmm. really bad. We had, I didn't even know about it until a couple minutes ago. Across the lake for me last night, I was sleeping. Didn't even uh, know about it. And then, by the way, the crow flies probably about five miles from me. There was a grass fire mm-hmm. closed down the road. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for a while, I guess, it, they contained it. But the, it, that's actually in an area, too, because I've talked about it before, uh, where, you know, they actually, they actually uh, you know, have the, what do you call it, when they, uh, when they do the fires on purpose. <laughs> controlled burn. The controlled burn, yes. Mm-hmm. We have controlled burns during the wintertime. Uh, normally, December and January, we always have controlled burn. Now, where I live, the lake that I live on, there's nobody that actually lives on the lake. It's all Army Corps of Engineers. Because yeah. they they built the lake, and um, and so I I think even I think even the state park that's there that everything, everything whether it's a state park or a local park, any of the local parks that are right there on the lake are all leased from the Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah, everything right. is everything is leased. So, uh, so they uh, but. They are always in there all the time, and still there was a grass fire. And you worry about it because there's a lot of the Texas grass, and yesterday was the worst kind of conditions you could possibly have here because we had winds that were 25 miles an hour, and it was 107, 108. And, Mm. you know, we haven't had rain uh, probably, what, in three weeks? Yeah. Significant rain, three and a half weeks, maybe. Yeah. And so, and you look into the forecast, I mean, every single day for the next two weeks, it's over 100 still. So it's a, it's a little hot. Yeah, it is. A little um, uncomfortable. And you, you do worry about, uh, you do worry about the grass fires and the wildfires here, especially with the wind uh, whipping it up. Normally it's in more rural areas, but the ability, you know, we have a lot of suburban areas that are surrounded by fields. And, yeah, and yeah, woods and yeah. things like that. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, the lieutenant governor there in Hawaii, oh, yeah. Sylvia Luke, saying on Wednesday that the road to recovery is going to be long. It, it's going to take years. And, and, and that will be the case uh, there uh, right now. The uh, Hawaii's Big Island and Maui, uh, you've seen these unprecedented fires. Uh, more than 11,000 people flew out of Maui on Wednesday, and they expect uh, more to fly out uh, during the day today. You've had, uh, so far, uh, the reports say uh, six people have died. There were some people, uh, there were a few people that were having to get into the water to get away from the fires. I heard you heard the Coast Guard had to, yeah. you know, pick up some people that... Yeah. The, and that's how quickly it just took it, that, off. That's how quick the the fire came at you. Right. You didn't have time to jump in a car. You jumped in the ocean to right. get away from it. Right. And, you know, you don't, when you think of uh, uh, wildfires, when you think of massive fires, you don't ever think of Hawaii, Right. No, it's not the first. It's come up to because the vegetation right. is isn't the you know it's not the dry vegetation 
uh, or at least in your mind, that's not the imagery that you get. Uh, here in Texas, when you say West Texas, after I say the words West Texas, I, I feel like I need to take a drink of water because it's always dry. It is a, a very arid condition. And then when you have the winds and, and any spark, it can happen very quickly. But this got away from them in, in Hawaii, and it will take years to uh, to recover from this. But uh, it's – I don't – I don't know again uh, what you do. I mean, you, you you fly out, and this has happened over and over again in different areas with wildfires. But you come back to nothing, you know, and it's just uh, just horrific uh, here in the in Texas in the um, in the Austin area. Some of the fires down there. There was a uh, a veteran who also has stage four cancer, and he was rescued uh, from his property. Uh, but I mean, you think about all of these, you know, situations where everything is just for some people, everything is just gone. When your home burns, you come back, and there's just there's just nothing left, and you don't have. Quite often, we've seen it over and over again in some of these wildfires, like in California. You come back and there's nothing. You don't have time. It's spreading so quickly. Yeah. You don't have time to grab anything. And sometimes you're being rescued by others and your vehicles and everything are left behind. And uh, I remember the pictures. Remember the pictures horrific. outside Los Angeles yeah. a couple of years ago from right. the highway. And it was yeah. a dystopian nightmare. I mean, it was, it, you know, I never forget somebody said, this is hell. And you could see the video of it and you went, whoa, it is. Remember the one, the guy driving? Yeah, yeah, and both sides of the 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 both sides of the of of the road mm-hmm. are in flames, and he's driving down the road. Parts of his vehicle were warped. The the yeah. the lenses on his taillights were yep. were warped from the heat. Nice. I've driven by a big fire one time, not a not a wildfire. It was actually another car on fire, and we were sent off onto the side road. And we were probably, and we were up on a hill, it was, we were probably, I don't know, a good 60, 70 feet away from this car and the intense heat coming from that. So I can't imagine being that close to a wildfire. And some of the images you see coming out of Hawaii, are, uh, they, they look a lot like those horrific images you see out of California where everything is just, uh, the sky is just dark with thick smoke. You know, uh, this uh, from uh, Hawaii News Now, because you've seen that uh, kill six, they're saying 36 people confirmed. That just came across just a few minutes ago. In fact, they're saying that the toll is now uh, uh, in Maui County is now 36, the death toll. And that's incredible because it shows you how fast the only way that number of people dies is because it's moving that quickly where you can't get out of the way. You have no escape. Well, and when you're, you know, if you're on the mainland that there might be various routes you can take. You're often uh, roads are shut off and you, you only have one escape route. 
in the case of an island, you're limited to the extent that people are jumping into the water to escape these flames. And or how horrifying. I, I yeah, I mean, the only option is to get out of the way, as over 11,000 people did yesterday, by getting on a plane. And those flights will continue to be full today and, and probably in the coming days until as many people as they can get out are able to get off that island. It's Maui and the Big Island, both affected. Just amazing uh, to, to think, just mind-boggling to think about. Yeah, I've, uh, except for, you know, the, you know, a few that we've had here, in in uh, in North Texas, and I don't mean west of us, because west of us, at times there have been some major grass fires. Mm. Yeah, you know, in over over the years, uh, but uh, I've never, you know, I've never actually been, I've never been in a wildfire. I've never seen a wildfire. I've seen the controlled burns that we have around us, and I know there was a grass fire near us, but uh, and there's been a couple of small flare-ups in the last couple of weeks where, you know, uh, an acre would burn and then they, they'd get it under control. Yeah, but, right. Uh, when you have the, um, you know, they talk about winds of 70 miles an hour, even though Hurricane Dora passed, was south of Hawaii by more than 500 miles, the still 70-mile-an-hour winds just yeah dries up everything really quick. And so... That's the one thing that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for us here is there really is no rain in the forecast at all. And we haven't had any rain. And when the wind, the dry wind kicks up, man, it doesn't take much at all. But, uh, man, I'm looking here, just some of the video from Maui, and it's just absolutely yeah. horrifying. Yeah. My gosh, I'm seeing a wide, oh, wow, I'm seeing a wide, look how big that is. Wow. Yeah. You know, it, it, the funny thing is, it's almost like, it, you, in my mind, it's like, well, there must be lava. You know, well, that's just the because, first thing because you that's, think that's of. What it, yeah, that's any, what it looks like. I mean, you, yeah. it looks like it's almost a lava line coming at you. Right. Yeah. Looking at it right now. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. But, uh, keeping everybody uh, in our prayers and, and thoughts and... and uh, you know, just horrible. Yeah. Horrible there. So Yeah, it is. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up here on uh, the uh, uh, the show, we'll tell you about the Wisconsin socialist, former Democratic lawmaker, and what he has to say about cops. Hmm. It's really interesting. Uh, more on the uh, migrant situation. And look at this. Bernie Sanders funneled $200,000 in campaign cash to wife and stepson's nonprofit institute, oh. which appears to do very little work. And the only reason we're bringing this up is because we know Bernie's concern uh, about greed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, look, I'm sure it was legitimate, right? Yes. Because Bernie would never do that. The senator's uh, wife and stepson co established the Sanders Institute in 2017 to act as a think tank to promote progressive voices. Mm -hmm. 
But apparently, according to Fox, they do very little work. So we need to monitor where that money goes to ensure that, uh, you know, uh, that uh, Sanders' stepson and wife aren't taking advantage of him like Hunter is of Joe. Yeah, because that would be bad. Yeah. It seems to be a, it it could be, I guess, a, a developing pattern of these great leaders being taken advantage of by family members. And he did it because he loves his stepson. Right. He gave him the money because he loved his stepson. He's just a loving stepdad. That's It's all done. (laughs) Wow. There's a, there's a bit in there somewhere. (laughs) All, all democratic corruption is based on love. Love is love. That's right. Sometimes it's money, but it's also love. Influence peddling is love. That's right. Money is love. That's right. Bribery is love. That's right. Money laundering is love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. When driving, you need to manage the space around your vehicle so that there's enough space to allow you to adjust when traffic conditions change. The space ahead of your vehicle is the most important and one of the easiest to monitor and adjust as needed. One rule of thumb is to allow at least one second for each 10 feet of vehicle length at speeds below 40 miles per hour. At greater speeds, add an additional second. It's impossible to keep other drivers from tailgating you, but there are some things you can do to make it safer such as increasing your following distance, avoiding quick lane changes, and slowing down. There are also several things you should do to ensure that there is plenty of space between the side of your vehicle and other vehicles. Don't hug the center line, avoid hugging the right side of the road, and avoid traveling alongside other vehicles in strong winds, especially crosswinds. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome. Now, you knew this was coming. What's that? A San Francisco professor lamented that items are being locked up in grocery stores, warning that it makes Americans feel like prisoners. Major cities in America have been host to a spree of serial shoplifters who make a regular habit of bursting into stores. See that one, uh, the group that went into that high-end store Mm. yesterday or the day before? Mm -hmm. Took like $300,000 worth of stuff. Right. Uh, Who make a regular habit of bursting into stores, stealing as much as they can and leaving Now, a growing list of items such as shampoo, toothpaste, deodorant, and razor blades have to be locked up in order to prevent theft. In San Francisco, one video showed the glass doors of a frozen food section in a Walgreens chained shut after workers complained that the store gets robbed nearly 20 times a day. University of California, San Francisco, sociology professor Stacey Torres, however, wrote an opinion piece in the L.A. Times downplaying it Headlining, grocery stores used to be my happy place. Then they started locking up the detergent. Mm. Locked glass cabinets, safeguarding merchandise are now 
uh, regular occurrences in chains like Target, Walmart, and Walgreens, the professor wrote, asking clerks to retrieve detergent and baby formula is demoralizing enough, but businesses are implementing more severe security measures that erode customers' spirits and our social fabric, Mm. even though it's unclear whether shoplifting has become a national crisis that some retailers claim. Well, it's not a national crisis. It's a regional crisis. And it's regional to liberal cities who don't want to enforce the law. Right. And San Francisco is one of them. Tourists linked an art, seeing an article from early 2023 headline, Stores say shoplifting is a national crisis. The numbers don't back it up. Well, it's not a big of a crisis in the town that I live in. No, not anywhere close. Because they go after shoplifters. Right. It is a big problem in cities like San Francisco, mm-hmm. Los Angeles, mm-hmm. New York, Chicago, CNN cited a, a, a U.S. Berkeley academics claim that it's easier for companies and the public to blame theft for store closures and retail struggles than admit stores over expansion strategy mistakes and customers abandoning stores for online shopping. I don't know. I think retailers admit when those things are going on. Mm-hmm. Taurus went on to argue that a grocery uh, run shouldn't feel like visiting a prison and that's the vibe shoppers get from the extreme anti-theft measures at a Safeway in Oakland's Rock Ridge neighborhood, and customers pay a psychological cost. Well, blame the politicians, not the store's fault. She said grocery stores should not strip our dignity by increasing security and claim that <laughs> rather than providing a feeling of safety, stores risk molding us into more anxious, suspicious people as shoppers face disproportionate dehumanization. Oh, I see. After arguing if it's unclear if beefed-up security measures are actually helping to solve these problems, well, they are. You can't get to the product. You can't steal it. Well, if and if the, if the stores are losing money, they won't be there at all. Oh, right. And, of course, we get to without dressing the socioeconomic conditions such as inflation, poverty, and opportunity, what they're saying is, and we know the organized rings, that the organized rings would not exist if there were more welfare ah okay yeah right so these are people just trying to feed their family yes right just trying to get by to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. <laughs> I love how the uh, the left just recycles the same old lie. Mm. Representative Cory Bush, as we know, from the squad, said, uh, today is the ninth anniversary of Michael Brown's killing. 
he would be alive today if the institutions of racism and white supremacy were eradicated. He should be alive today. We will never forget. We will continue to fight for justice and accountability. Now, of course, she was blasted on social media for it, but she is still, nine years later, perpetuating the lie of Michael Brown as a victim Hmm. when he was the perpetrator. This is, again, understanding what, and this is why we have said, Republicans need to, and, and conservatives need to repeat the truth over and over and over and over again because this is an example of the long game the Democrats will play. They will lie over and over and over again. And then when people catch on to the lie, they'll drop it for a while, and then they'll come and they'll repeat the same lie over and over and over again. And this is a perfect example. Yeah, and you can correct them all day. The facts can be the facts. They can be demonstrated over and over the facts can be demonstrated right in front of them, and but the lie worked for them. And they know that a lot of people still believe the lie, so they keep spreading it. They keep repeating it. Michael Brown is dead for one reason and one reason only. His behavior, mm-hmm. his actions. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. He was the perpetrator. He was right. not a victim. Right. And that's what you're... You know, that's what you're uh, dealing with on the left. And everybody knows it. It's And it's so well known. But remember, uh, this is where, and we have talked about, the catalyst for the creation of Hate the Cop came from President Obama. Yes. Uh, that's it, where it was solidified. That's where it was solidified. Endorsed, and they put a, a seal on it once and for all. And the perfect example was the uh, Massachusetts, remember mm-hmm. the beer summit? Yep. Yeah. Where he said the cop acted stupidly and he mm-hmm. didn't know it was even it happened yeah. at that point, and he blamed the cops. Yeah. The uh, Professor Gates. Professor incident. Gates. Yep. Right. And then the same with the Michael Brown situation. Mm-hmm. Then the same with the horrendous murder of the police officers in Dallas and at the memorial service. Right. And you and I have always stated that that's where it gained hold in this country. The hate the police came directly from President Obama. Yep. And we bring up those instances so people don't think, oh, you guys are just bringing up rhetoric. No. Before he knew what the facts was, the facts were, he jumped on and blamed the cops. Yep. And in the Michael Brown case, Michael Brown is dead because of Michael Brown's unlawful behavior. Yep. That's the only reason Michael Brown is dead. Not racism. No. Not police brutality. His own actions. Well, remember when the... um security cam from the convenience store came out the left was screaming about that how dare you how dare you demonstrate what the behavior was of him 
and the other guy that was with him before ever encountering Officer Darren Wilson? Yeah, remember remember that? Yeah. And they were livid. They were livid because the video came out. Assaulting the store manager or right. owner. I, I, I can't remember if it was owner or manager or both. And taking from the store. How dare you do that? What? Show the truth? Yeah. Well, remember. What did they find? And re- and this was Eric Holder as the attorney general in the investigation. Snitches get Stitches. That's what locals were being told. You don't talk to anybody. You don't talk to authorities on this. Why not? If you're repeating the truth of what you're saying is true, you want everybody telling that story. Well, it wasn't true. And you still want everybody telling that story, which is the lie that had to be repeated. And the left needed to use that to further their agenda. And over and over again, and still today, they repeat the lie. Because the truth doesn't work for the left. It just never works for them. And you have to understand the way that they think. And there was another story that relates uh, to it. Uh, A Wisconsin Socialist Democrat, former lawmaker said that police officers have neither dignity nor value in a recent Facebook comment. The Wisconsin Democrat, former state representative Ryan Clancy, a member of the Democratic Socialist of America and now a Milwaukee supervisor, went after police in in Facebook comments responding to a user. One Somebody on Facebook wrote, all work has dignity and value. Um, he, uh, let me see here. And uh, he said, not cops, though. And the response was, so mm. for the record, you just state a police officer's job has no value or dignity. Just want you to verify that before I pass that along to some who might enjoy hearing it. Yeah. Clancy said the user was entirely correct that police officers may be perfectly fine individuals, but their jobs have neither dignity nor value. And I think this is very important because this relates to the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which Colin Kaepernick now admits, you know. It's got to be a Marxist society that we live in because that's the only way that you get true equality. Mm -hmm. And as we stated way back then with Colin Kaepernick, and we had people disagree with us, and again, it was obvious to see where he was going. If you just did a little bit of research, he was promoting Marxism, which is tearing down, you know, American institutions as being corrupt and evil. You know, it's what happened with Black Lives Matter. All police departments are systemically racist. Which is again is a lie, right. but that that's what Black Lives Matter, and now we now we know the reputation of Black Lives Matter, don't we? Oh, we're mm-hmm. in it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Talk about greed. Now we've got mm-hmm. greed again, mm-hmm. as we mentioned Bernie Sanders before, and here it is here, 
the job of a police officer has no dignity or value to it. I think most people would disagree with this. Understand how radical the left is. Understand how radical Cory Bush is. Understand how radical this Milwaukee supervisor is. Yeah. It's so important to understand and how that the, the cop hating became mainstream of the Democratic Party until it did not fulfill their agenda anymore because their constituents are getting upset. And now you've got members of the D.C. Council calling for <laughs> National Guard troops to come in to stop the crime. Right. They can't get enough police. Yep. But the Marxists don't care about that. They, no, they don't. Because they don't want law and order. And so, you know, I guess understand what's behind it. Understand that tearing down American institutions and tearing down those institutions that protect us. And we're no fools, as I said the other day. I love great cops. I hate bad cops. Mm -hmm. And I can basically say that across the board. I hate bad people. <laughs> I don't hate anybody. I dislike bad people. I like good people. It's that simple. Yep. But the institutions themselves and what they stand for and what their mission is, is what the left is attacking. I'll attack individuals that don't live up to the mission statement of institutions in the United States, in necessary institutions in the United States, but the institution itself and their mission is what I believe is the greatness of American institutions on the left and in the Democratic Party. They view it as horrendous. Well, it's, you know, we've demonstrated this morning very clearly what the left believes. You know, the, the law and order is not going to be tolerated. Think about this. We'll go after the retailers when they're trying to protect their assets. How dare you treat us like that? By the way, you can vote for your with your dollar. You don't have to shop there. But if you're going to blame somebody, you're going to blame the criminals if you're going to be honest about it. We can't do that, though. Nope. They're just, nope. if we would just give them more handouts, they wouldn't be doing this. That's garbage. Yeah, if there were more social services uh, and and yeah. uh, and welfare, then mm -hmm. crime wouldn't happen. Right. But yeah. That's completely incorrect. That is garbage. And... But that's what you do when you can't look at a when you can't look at a situation squarely for what it is. These are organized criminals. They know exactly what they're doing, and they're getting away with it because we choose to let them. The cities aren't doing anything about it but crying, and retailers. If they can't make a profit, they're gone. And so are the jobs. And for that professor that said there's a lack of dignity by locking things up, well, think about dignity when there's no stores. Right. And what are you going to no have? Place for what are you going to have? 
What are you going to have? When they're losing money, what do you think is going to happen? Tell them what they do to protect their assets. Tell them what they do. Or do you believe that people should just be able to get away with it? Do you believe that? Because what do we hear? At first, it was like, well, they have insurance. Yeah. Nope. After repeated events like this, the insurance companies say, you're on your own. What measures are you taking to protect your assets? Or the insurance becomes so expensive that you just say we can't. One or the other, you're on your own. You can't get insurance or it's too expensive. Right. Because why? You're too much of a risk because of your government's ESG policies. Yes, exactly. (laughs) To bring up the story earlier that we covered, I just, that tied those two together. If you were listening two hours ago, you understand. Yeah, well, on the governance yeah, we suck the, at it on the in governance. Those areas. Yes, in the, in the governance part of it, right? And we allow we allow this to happen. You can make a choice. You can you can choose differently. Will they do that in San Francisco or Portland? Nope, nope, not going to happen. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Well, yesterday, the Republicans alleged that the January 6th committee failed to preserve records, which they told them to do. Mm. Where they have no data on Capitol Hill security failures, the GOP charges. This is going to be interesting. Well, and look, that's you know been the, I, that's been the question from the beginning. Why isn't anything clean? If you understand what because, I mean, yeah, because you can't get a because you can't get away with it if you if you're clean. If you're clean, you're going to demonstrate all of your tactics. Why does it seem? Well, I mean, I know why, but it, you you look. The average person looks at him, and we do this for a living, so we understand what's going on. But the average person, I guess, looks at this and says, "Why does it seem like everything?" Is a cover-up? Why is everything to pull teeth? Well, I mean, to get to the actual truth. Be, well, that's that's it. Truth only requires light. It's the truth, even if it's still buried. It's the truth. It requires light for everybody to know about it. That's it. Lies require everyone in that chain of events to repeat the same lies and then build on it as it changes as you try and defend it. All you have to do is look at the current administration for an example because everything is changing. The goalpost moves every single day because it's lies. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market. Rookie Real Estate or Money Podcast. The 
purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, <laughs> the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.